All right, welcome everyone. Thank you for stepping into the Coach's Box. I'm your host, Coach JP3, joined today by Coach Natty T and the real Coach K. Man, we got a lot to perhaps lament. Maybe that's the word, you know, because I know personally I've been in like this mourning stage, you know, like, you know, the verse says Jesus wept. Like that's pretty much been my week after watching these NBA finals. Uh, but yeah, we're just going to do a quick NBA Finals reaction. Bucks beating the Suns. Rough for us. Coach K, what is your initial – how do you feel? How are you doing? Man, so how I feel? Man, you know, like, I can't oh, – man, I'm just like, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> Yo, my man went back to Beetlejuice, man. Y'all see, <laughs> they put them sheets over their head. Yeah. <laughs> That's what Kenny just did. Man. I'm like, <laughs> bro, I don't know, man. You just can't. The point, the point, God, huh? the one thing I need you to do is not turn over the ball. And this man turned over the ball yeah. multiple times. Multiple times. And the worst. Man didn't, yeah. Like, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if disappointed is the right word for Chris Paul's performance. But, I mean, I would definitely say it's a – I don't know, man. I've never – it's just I've never seen anything like it. Just, just like the, you know – I mean, I don't know. I guess I guess I was kind of expecting like at some point like that things would just start clicking. And really what it was was just like um uh I don't know, like no adjustments by Monty Williams. Um no double teaming Giannis. Aiton like completely disappeared in game six. But I, I'm not gonna fault him for that because he's really the only person. I mean, the uh, the back of the backup centers were hurt. I'm not looking for Frank Kaminsky to do nothing. <laughs> um I don't know. I mean, Jake, I think I'm just I'm just I I'm just really disappointed in Chris Paul. Like you know, he's pretty much going to – unless he, like, joins a super team, he's pretty much going to retire without a ring. And that's really all I have to say about that for Chris Paul. Like, I have nothing further to say. And his name will not be mentioned by me throughout the, the tenure of the show. <laughs> all right. Um, oh, so, I'll, I'll try to make this quick, too. Uh so, I mean, the, the one thing, I guess the one positive thing that I'm looking forward to, I am looking forward to Devin Booker, like, coming back and just, like, beasting the next year. Like, I think we're going to see a different Devin Booker. Uh, there are some games, bro, especially game four, I'm just like, his performance, like, some of the shots he's saying, it's just unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I respect him. I mean, 
I don't know. I mean, that's the kind of basketball I like to watch, or I want. I guess the competitive nature that I want to see. Just you know, he took it upon himself to you know try to get the job done, and he, and, I, and he just couldn't. There was just too much. He couldn't really. He couldn't really. I, he can't really. I mean, he's still young too, but um, he couldn't. It was just too much to overcome in the end. Um, but I am expecting big things from him. Um, The biggest the 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 biggest disappointment is Giannis. Uh, well, the biggest dis- disappointment was Giannis, but I mean he. I, I can't I can't say I can't I can't hate on him. You know he he hit his free throws down the stretch of the series. Uh, I mean he he played consistent defensively and offensively. Um, uh, to me, um, it, it comes down to desire, and you could just tell just from his his level of play that he wanted that championship. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he got challenged by Kobe to go out and and yeah, you know, and that was the last thing on the list that he needed to do, and uh, he got it done. So, granted, there were a lot of injuries. You know, I don't know. Like I'm, I mean, most of the teams they beat were hurt, but at the same time, like. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say, you know, that I'm not going to say that was, uh, I'm not going to put an asterisk next to this championship win because it went on and did what he needed to do. So, I mean, I'll probably put his game, game six performance, his closeout performance in like somewhere in my top 50, somewhere. Uh, Might be like 49, 48. (laughs) You just had to take a shot at Giannis before you. I sure did. <laughs> um, so um, I'm not. I don't know, but I mean, you know, congrats to Giannis and the Bucks. I mean, they need something because I've been to the city of Milwaukee, and uh, it's not my favorite place to be. So <laughs> I got an NBA championship and a large body of water with a bridge that. You know, raises up when you need to cross that, the street. That he disrespected the entire city. <laughs> <laughs> you and uh, you and Stephen A. Smith. Mm-hmm. Fifty years they've been waiting for a championship for fifty long years. Man, Man we, well, Coach Natty T, what are your reactions, brother? Uh, I mean, you know, I did pick him to win. I wasn't rooting for them to win, but I did pick them to win. Uh, you know, I'll give Giannis some of his flowers. I mean, like I said, you know, I don't really care for his game. Um, and what I mean by that is his continued effort to try to shoot from outside. <laughs> like, to be, because to be totally honest, games three through six, mm-hmm. yeah, three, four, five, and six, like, I actually don't mind what he did there because he shot maybe one or two threes a game and I understand like okay he just took a a couple but like he stayed in the paint like if he's doing that like I don't mind that because that's what he should be doing that's where his strength is um so you know and then the closeout game I mean you know the numbers are are ridiculous so I gotta give him his props there but you know I really didn't mind the way he played in three three through six because that to me that's what 
that's what he should be doing. Sure. It's when he tries to, you know, shoot threes and tries to do this back down and then fade away jump shot nonsense. I'm like, dude, just stop. Just attack a basket. And, you know, his his biggest attribute is is his is his effort. Well, one is his athleticism, but just his effort. I mean, you know, I got to give him credit. I mean, he, he he's working his butt off on both sides of the court. So I give him credit for that. Um, and I give him credit for his toughness because I think, you know, we all saw what happened against the Hawks and that looked pretty nasty. Yes. And, you know, and it, even though he obviously came back, but I mean, I'm pretty sure that he's still dealing with some pain and some swelling. Um, probably going to take a shot here at some players, but, you know, I think you can mention a few players that if they, that happened to them, they would have been done. And Yana said, no, I'm coming back. Is that a Anthony Davis shot? Kyrie. <laughs> Um, Kyrie, um, you know, I mean, uh, Kawhi, again, injuries happen, but, you know, I think there is a, a, a certain mindset that you have to have, you know, as far as dealing with it. And Giannis, Giannis did that, um, from the Suns perspective, um, I mean, I'm disappointed because I had, that was where my rooting interest was. But again, I'm not too surprised because I think they benefited from injuries this, this playoff uh, season. Um, but I think you still have to go out there and execute. And they did for the most part, at least up to the finals. Um, I think there's some growth that's needed um, with Devin Booker. I mentioned it before. You know, the only thing I don't like about his game right now is just that he just can't necessarily get himself easy shots. Mm-hmm. Everything is very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mentioned that numerous times before, um, but he's a sensational player. Um, DeAndre Aiden, I think he's definitely progressing his way, but I think you saw Giannis grew into the series. He just kind of shrunk. Yes. And again, nothing, not an indictment on him. I mean, it's his third year in the league, so he's still trying to grow um you know into what he his true capability is so um i think as long as he keeps progressing i think he'll be fine but you know i wasn't surprised especially with their two backup centers being out um i think that really hurt you know them in in that respect um but you know again i'm I'm more disappointed in chris paul as coach k said i think um as much as he's has played phenomenal um you know i think of the, the game, the closeout game with the Clippers. I mean, that was probably his best basketball game he's ever played. But, you know, I said this in, in, our, in our group chat, our infamous group chat. I mean, he's a, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, a lot of people have him top five in the point guard position. I don't. But, you know, he, he for whatever reason, in, in the, when they really, really need it, he doesn't seem to show up. Because the thing is, you know, when you hear some of these other shows talk about, talking about the numbers and, well, you know, he average, he normally averages 16 and 8 and he gave you 21 and 11 or whatever. I don't really, not to say I don't care about the numbers with Chris Paul, but at the same time, the things that most people, like, give him credit for is what he does beyond the numbers. Yes. If we're just going numbers, Russell Westbrook has better numbers. 
Mm-hmm. We always say with Chris Paul, well, you know, it's his leadership. It's his floor general skills. It's his intangible abilities to impact winning, mm-hmm. a la the Hornets, a la OKC, a la um, the Clippers, Houston. Mm-hmm. So what I was disappointed in is in these moments when we needed you to be your best version of yourself as a floor general, meaning no turnovers, not necessarily no turnovers, but you can't have 18 turnovers in three games and you're the point guard in the finals. Mm -mm. I don't care about the 21 and 11. 18 turnovers in three games and you're the point guard in the finals? Be 36 points. That's not, that's like, like, come on, man. So it's for like that reason right there for me is why I don't have him as a top five point guard. Because again, his, those are supposed to be his best strengths. And if he's not doing that at the biggest stage, then that's a problem. Yeah. So, you know, I wanted him to win. I like Chris Paul, wanted him to win. But to me, that was the most disappointing thing about it. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens next year, but that's kind of my overall final thoughts on the series because you know again I did pick them pick the Bucks to win but I was rooting for the Suns <laughs> but yeah. that's why I picked the Bucks because I was like man I don't I don't know I because Chris Paul he's I mean maybe this would be different based on that game six against the Clippers maybe he can carry that momentum but he didn't he kind of reverted back to who what he normally does in the playoffs and said this is to be the third time He's lost a 2-0 series lead in the playoffs. He's lost two 3-1 leads in the playoffs. And again, if you're the point guard, your skill set is supposed to bring your bring you home in those series. I don't care. So yeah. that's that's why I gotta, I, I mean, it's a harsh reality, but you know, it is what it is. Man, it might be a harsh reality, Natty Coach, Natty T, but you still have to instill hope in your friends, man. You gave me no <laughs> hope whatsoever. Man. I'm looking, I'm looking for hope, and he's like, eh, I don't know, guys. Like, I just had to be honest, man. I like I said, I, I, I got to, I got to respect that. I got to respect the honesty. Again, I, 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 I wanted to that. pick the sun so bad, I really did. But like when I looked at it, like when I took, tried to, you know, take my bias out of it, I'm like. I don't know, man. <laughs> I just so I had to just go. I had to go with my, you know, my my unbiased thought process because I just because yeah, I, I don't like I like. I'll be honest, I don't like Giannis. I don't. I don't. I don't like this dude. I don't. I feel like I feel like I don't like the fact that he, yeah, I, I don't like the fact that they they keep giving him this humble. He's so humble when he's clearly been calling people out for years. The band plays LeBron James last year in a regular season, and then he dunks on everybody and then puts the crown on his head. That's not humble. Everybody talks about, oh, is James Harden wrong about Giannis? First of all, James Harden was minding his own business and going to the strip club. Giannis is the one... That's right. Yeah. When they picked the team, talking about, oh, I want somebody that don't play defense. He's the one that took the first shot, right? Yeah, he did. But he's so humble. And uh, 
James, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just can't. I, I just, the whole narrative being built around him is really getting on my nerves. It really is. Man, I'm sorry, guys. I just got to say one last thing. <laughs> but anytime – and I, I'm – no, and no, I, I mean no shade or disrespect, or disrespect at all towards Giannis. But he might be the only NBA player that he'll he'll get a uh, documentary on Disney Plus, but he'll never get a documentary on ESPN. That's all. <laughs> well, uh, I was like, man, that was quick. I was like, he just won two days ago, and they got a documentary. Uh, I, was like, I don't Man. care. I don't, I don't care. I canceled my subscription. I'll throw that out. <laughs> I yeah. would have. My wife would have probably divorced me if I did that. Because so. <laughs> <laughs> she loves her some Disney Plus, boy. Yeah. yeah. I, I, mean, I don't have a lot to add to what y'all say. You know, because I, I, I told Coach K before we got on air that I – I'm at peace now, you know, I, it, it was quite the process. Cause you know, if I'm going to be real, you know, we, we real here on the coaches box. So I'm going to tell you something, coach. 90, I blamed you for the whole thing because like, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. That's why I prefaced my comments in our group. I was like, I know y'all going to help me for this, but I, I got the bucks in seven, I, even though they did it in six, but I was like, I already know y'all going to I almost became a chain smoker because of you, man. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. Okay. Like, bro, like, you can't do that because every time you put something in the group chat, that's usually the outcome. Like, no. like your percentage of, of being correct is above 90%. And, and it may not, it may be a different score. It may be in six games instead of seven games, but the outcome is pretty much the same every time. Yeah, man. And I'm like, no, you can't be putting this energy out into the universe. Like, it's a curse, man. It's not a gift. It's a curse. It's definitely a curse because it's not what I want to happen. It's not. Well, well, use it to help out the Cowboys or Chicago Bulls or somebody. Man. Not the Bucks. Listen. They're beyond. <laughs> we could have a whole episode on the Cowboys, especially after Jerry Jones up there crying, doing his little alligator tears up there. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll, we'll get into that, man. Yeah. So, to be honest, for the first 48 hours, Natty, I blamed you. So, like, <laughs> hey, I listen, I'll, I'll take it. I'll, I'll take responsibility. And then, you know, I, I'm i a little bit in a different side of the camp. Do I think that a lot of the narratives but around him are overhyped due to his limited skill set? Yes. Do I find him likable? Yes. I do find him likable. And so I was just like, you know what? I don't want him to to win, but if it's going to be him, then, like, that's cool. Because, like, good for him. Because I, I, think, I feel he earned it, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. he, he played, the, like, the best player on the floor. Like, mm-hmm. no questions asked. For both teams, he, those last four games, he was the best player on the floor. Yep. And – but I think our criticism was warranted. And so a lot of people, I know, on other, you know, the networks, the major networks and stuff like that, they're like, oh, y'all Giannis haters, y'all said this about him and look at him now. I'm like, no, but like, I think we're able to criticize people when they do things, but then when they don't do those things and they succeed, 
then that's not a, a shove in the face to like people criticizing. They they changed the way they played the game, mm-hmm. and they became successful because of that. He played with inside his himself his game, mm-hmm. and he did that, and they went four straight games. So I think the criticism was warranted, but you know, kudos to him to you know saying like, yo, you know what? I'm not even gonna mess around doing all this. I'm gonna just go ahead and dominate this. They have no other bigs outside of Aiden to stop me down here. And they're not going to double team. You're not going to do well, whatever they're going to do. I'm going to make them pay. If they come in, I'm going to kick it out to one of my shooters. And so we're going to be hard to guard because of that. Uh, and, and so, you know, putting that effort on both sides of the floor, I have nothing bad to say about him as far as those last four games in that series. I think he played pretty much as well as he could. Uh, and so I can't hate on that. No. But, you know, he adjusted himself, uh, you know, to, to, get, to get to that point. So, you know, we, we criticize people when they do things, but we give props when they do things right. You know, that's just that's just the, the part for the course, pretty much. But yeah, like I said, I'm, dis- I'm disappointed in Chris Paul as well. Uh, the turnovers, the number of turnovers, the timeliness of those turnovers, uh, to get to the top of the mountain and to pretty much have early success, you're like, wow, he's about to stick the flag in the top of this hill here. And then to Jack and Jill down that hill, like, is that was hard to watch, man. That and it is just, and I noticed the change in his energy, and it affected his team, right? So when you are the bloodstream, the pulse of your team, and all of a sudden that pulse changes its rhythm, it changes the way the body plays and how everything reacts, right? So, like, that's that's what he did for his team. And I saw kind of a, not lackluster, but more of like a, a disappointment, a sense of defeat. Like, man, this has happened again. And when he got inside of his own head, he started throwing passes he normally doesn't throw. You know, he started doing, taking shots he normally doesn't do. And he, and it affected his leadership too. So some people, they'll mess up like with their game, but they'll still be that driving force. That's like, you know what? I messed up. I'm going to make up for that. Y'all do, you know, and he could still galvanize his team. And without him being able to galvanize his team, some of the other players, I think those role players who really need that type of leadership, fell flat. Uh, and Devin Booker, to what you all said, and I, I, to, you know, Coach Natty T and Coach Wakeup put it in the chat too this week. Like, does, does he know how to get an a, a, a easy shot? Like, he has the ability to do that. He has to figure that out uh, to get into that. And I think that's as simple as just a more – um, angles. He's not really good on his angles. If you watch it, when he goes to the basket, he gets cut off very easily. He ends up having to shoot on top, over top of people. So he has to pick his angles better, getting the defender off balance a little bit better. That's going to involve him evolving his dribbling skills too. You don't have to be like fancy with it, but you do have to be able to get yourself distance from the defender because he's not the tallest guy either. So like you know, those are some of the things he's, I think he's going to work on on the offseason. But he definitely has a killer in him, and we saw that on full display. Uh, but he's not going to be able to do it by himself uh, with that. Mm-hmm. So uh, disappointed in the result, but ultimately, you know, hey, Giannis got one. That's really, that's good for him. This was his year. We, we did talk about that on the show, too, that if it was going to be any year, yeah. it was going to be this year that you go got to go ahead and get that ring. Uh, so he, 
they went out and did it. Middleton played well too, to it to to his credit. And Drew Holiday didn't shoot well for a lot of the series, but played solid defense, especially in those last four games. So uh, I really can't hate on the Bucks at this point. Congratulations to them. They earned every win that they got. Uh, I know Chris Paul turned the ball over in some untimely plays, but still, you got to capitalize on those turnovers, and then that's what they did. So, you know, it's uh, still a very eventful, even though the outcome wasn't what we wanted, still a very eventful end to the NBA season. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, first player, you know, one of three players in NBA history, Jordan and Hakeem, the dream. To, to get a you know MVP, uh, a defensive player of the year, finals championship, you know, so like can't hate on that either. Um, but yeah, uh, so that that's it for our NBA finals reaction. We just want to kind of put a nice bow in the NBA season there, and uh, yeah, already looking forward to next year. I think there's gonna be some major moves uh, being made there that's gonna shake some things up. So I'm excited to see that and see some some of the folks that got hurt back into action. Uh, but we're going to shift, hopefully, hopefully, everyone, fingers crossed, prayers up. Um, but yeah, we're going to transition to some NFL talk. It's been a while since we talked about some football. Uh, so we got a lot going on here. But in this, I think one of the conversations that came out of this is that you have a Wisconsin franchise with a star player that has just brought you championship first in 50 years. And then you got a star that's really not talking about his situation here as this is himself from the team um, and isn't making those connections. And so Coach Natty T, does Aaron Rodgers look better or worse or the same? Like what, what are the optics of the situation right now for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers? Hmm. So to answer the question, I actually think he looks a little worse because as the you know season gets closer and closer um i think he hasn't really been clear about what the issue is mm-hmm. and that's where i'm not say i don't have an issue because it doesn't you know bother me either way but that's where i'm just kind of looking at it a little differently because you know Obviously, everybody knows the, you know, that bomb dropped, you know, figuratively speaking on on draft day, you know, with the Aaron Rodgers news. And we're like, oh, okay, all right. And but since then, it's just. It's just a lot of passive aggressive energy from him. And, um, you know, there's been reports of, you know, former GM saying it's like, oh, he's a very interesting guy and, you know, kind of those same sentiments and this whole past you know three four months or so has kind of really shown those characteristics to me um so as much as you know as much as i've always been a you know i'm pro player and you know i'm always one talking about you know the organization has to pull their heat to the fire which i wholeheartedly believe um, but at the same time, from the player standpoint, I think there was somewhat of a miscalculation on Aaron Rodgers' part because I think, and, and I think we talked about it a little bit when it first happened. <laughs> yes, you're Aaron Rodgers. You're the reigning league MVP. 
one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. But, you know, at this point in time, with what your contract looks like, you still have, what, two, three years left. Right. What options do you really have? Besides him saying, I'm going to retire, which I don't think he wants to retire. Mm-hmm. What other options do you really have if you're not going to be clear about what the issue is? Right. You know, if you're, if you're going to come out and say, hey, trade me, come out and say, hey, trade me. I don't like the GM. I don't like the fact that y'all drafted this kid. Trade me. Okay, now we're clear. That's it. Now it's on the Packers to basically say, okay, now are you going to have this disgruntled quarterback or let's see what we can get for him? Um, and I think kind of going back to the miscalculation on Aaron's part, I think he was banking on the national media being on his side, which I think it is. And I think he was thinking maybe that would apply more pressure on Green Bay. Mm-hmm. But however, Green Bay doesn't have to listen to people like Stephen A. Smith yelling about, oh, that, that contract offer was ridiculous and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then everybody saying being on Aaron Rodgers' side. They don't have to listen to that because, no. to be honest, their fans are like, well, Aaron, if you want to be in Hawaii with your celebrity fiance and not show up to camp, then okay. That's on you. Yep. We're the Packers. We'll, we'll survive without you. That's their mentality. So if the organization has to please their fans, they yep. don't have to cave into the national media. And I think that's where the miscalculation has come on Aaron Rodgers' part. Because to me, if he holds out, I don't think he looks good. Tuesday... To me, he really doesn't look good because it's like, what was all this whole circus for? You see what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Point, and that basically Green Bay has kind of called his bluff. Mm-hmm. I think he's starting to not look as good to me. So that's kind of where my thoughts are in the whole thing. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Um... Kind of felt similar in that sense that uh, just the outfits don't look really good, like outside looking in, and it's like, hey, you know, in any type of relationship, you know, you you have to be able to communicate the issues that are going on, right? And so, but like, if you just up and leave on the, your partner wakes up and you're not there anymore, and then you're like, nah, man, you know, what they did was messed up, or you know they gonna we gonna have to you know figure this out but they 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 know how to get a hold of me then it's just like bro well like, did you tell them like exactly what happened do they are you assuming that they know what happened and then like I said when I started looking in we're like okay those things that you said coach Nighty okay I get drafting Jordan Love they traded you know the, the coaching change wasn't something that you really signed off on and all those kind of things okay there comes a point where it's just like, so you've been gone for a very long time now. And so those things that we know about, does that really warrant you being gone for that long? Right. And you're not giving us anything 
new, then it just kind of looks like you're, you're harboring onto things uh, because we don't have any new information. And he's had plenty of opportunities to relay that information. And I don't think it's like, well, you've already done all of this to say that the Packers organization hasn't been respectful to you. So as long as you're out there, you might as well keep talking about it. Like, what does that, what does that mean? Like, what are they doing now? Are they, in, what? so I, I think that's the misstep is that good moves are only good moves until they're not. I know that sounds simple, but like, and also it's a long-term game. And so when you have a, you know, as a quarterback, it feels like he would be able to understand this, like, because a quarterback's not going to last in the league if they can only make short passes. They're going to have to make down the field passes. And his strategy right now seems to be very short-sighted, short pass-sighted, uh, without really communicating what that long-term is going to be or what, it, you know, what that should look like. So it just kind of looks a little petty. And, and because his, his character, his demeanor is different than a, than a Giannis in, in a sense. And Giannis has been very good about connecting with the community. And because of your riff, you've disconnected yourself from the community. I think the reception would be a little bit different if he was out there like still training and everything like that. People saw like, well, he, you know, he's getting ready. He's getting ready. They just need to work things out. He's, uh, you know, but I mean, you're out there with your celebrity friends and stuff like that, having a good time and everything. And it's just, it just gets to a point where you're like, okay, what, what is the end goal for you here? And the fact that he's not able to articulate that, I think hurts it, hurts it in the optic as far as optics are concerned. So. Yeah. Yeah. Coach K, you know, what do you make all this? Do you think Aaron Rodgers looks bad? You know, does it look worse, better, the same? Um, <clears throat> I'm kind of indifferent about it. I, I pretty much agree with everything you're saying because it feels like he's throwing stuff against the wall, seeing what sticks, and really nothing's really sticking, nothing's really working. Um, me, I don't like Aaron Rodgers anyways. <laughs> I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. So, I mean, they can do what they want. Literally has a Dallas Cowboys <laughs> show on as we speak. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, if you if you want to get traded, just come out and say it. You know, it's that simple. I mean, it happens all the time. Like, oh, it's all passive-aggressive, like, I think that's probably like the one thing I hate a lot about sports right now is just like you're trying to sit there and try to decipher, you know, if if you come out and say it, that puts more pressure on the organ, and then then your actions can be validated. I guess maybe to a certain extent or something, but. I don't know. Just keep going, going on like this. Like, come on, bro. Like, it's just. Oh. There's a lot of mixed messaging and incomplete messaging out there. And yeah. I mean, I mean, to not the same situation, but very, but similar as far as in. Okay, what are you trying to say here, Damian Lillard? Right? Like, yeah. what are you trying to say, Damian? Yeah. Like, you kind of are talking in circles. And, and so if you're just like, hey, I would love to stay in Portland, but I want to, I, I really need the organization to, to build a, uh, a championship caliber team. And if they don't, I'm, 
I'm going to have to do what's best for my own career. I don't think people would get mad at you for that. Not after giving it with eight or nine years of your career and performing at an extremely high level. No one's going to blame you for that. So Aaron Rodgers, if you're like, yo, like, I, I really think that there are some things that we can work on to, to get to that championship level that we need. And if we are not able to do that, um, I'm just going to have to go somewhere else to play out, you know, the last part of my career. No one's going to blame you for that. But if you keep us in limbo, then we're going to, you know, people are going to get frustrated with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, for me, it's like, I don't know. If I was the, the organization, Rogers would have been traded a while ago. But uh, at this point, it's just like, I don't know, what can you really get for him? Which, I don't know. So, I would just cut him from the team, cut my losses, and move on. <laughs> Okay. Well, you know, they, they can still yeah. get some assets for it, you know, for it, you know. Yeah, they could. Oh, oh, yeah, absolutely. So, and especially if they want to build up. Dude. The question is, do they trust, love to run the show? That's the question. Yeah. Even if they beefed up their defense and well, got another weapon for love, is he going to be able to do anything with that weapon? So. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I haven't really followed it, but I mean, how how has he looked in training camp? Yeah, and my they're saying he looks. They're saying he looks okay. Yeah, um, but I think because really, I, what the interesting thing about this whole situation is, though, um, you know, because Aaron Rodgers brought it up about you know him putting a monkey wrench in their plans. Because if you look at it, you know, money wise, you know, I think. It, they probably wanted him to play this year and then, you know, trade him or let him go next year because it wouldn't be as significant of a cap hit next year. Um, so I do agree with Aaron. I think that's what Green Bay's plans were, but I think, I don't think they expect him to win MVP. Um, but, you know, I think the narrative around Aaron Rodgers and them saying, well, you know, those couple, those previous years, his production went down. Um by Aaron Rodgers standards, yes. But if you really look at since um, Matt LaFleur has gotten there, it's really his offense. Mm-hmm. Because he's more of a like Kyle Shanahan type, um, Sean McVay type offense where, you know, it's more run-centric than passing. Mm-hmm. So... I think the way they're looking at it is, yeah, I mean, this kid may not be as good as Aaron Rodgers, but, you know, Mm -hmm. if we can, if our offense can be run how it's supposed to be run, quote unquote, being more run centric than pass centric, you know, those sorts of things help a young quarterback, you know, a good run game, decent receivers, decent tight end play action pass, making easy reads. So I think they're thinking, hey, like, yeah, we know he's not as good as Aaron Rodgers, but we think we can at least be adequate enough. And if he grows into the position, we can be right back where we were. I think that's what Green Bay's thinking. Um, 
And again, to your point with Aaron, I mean, he just, he just needs to come out and say it, man. Just be like, look, I I don't got no problem with Jordan Love specifically, but I don't like the fact that y'all picked up this kid. Some Aaron bleeping Rodgers. Okay. I don't like the fact that y'all ain't give me the ball at the end of the game. I know I messed up on the play before, but I'm Aaron bleeping Rodgers. Give me the ball on fourth down. Make something happen. If I throw an interception, then so be it. Right. Nobody's going to argue with you on that. Yeah. <laughs> Just come out and say it. All right. Cut him and let him go. Hell's Jeopardy. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it's that is just such a, a odd soap opera man it it's just like come on y'all like yeah. it, it's like two people in a relationship that don't really want to give up on each other because they know it's going to be very hard to replace each other mm-hmm. it's possible but it's going to be very hard and so people are just kind of it seems like both sides are waiting it's like is that possible going to come through or you know is are they going to finally see the error of their ways? And I think when both party parties are stuck in that mentality, then you're going to kind of get this, this kind of standoff that we're at right now. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. Much more of that soap opera to come, I guess. So hopefully somebody says something and Aaron, just, just communicate it. We're not going to blame you for whatever you have to say about it. We're kind of already speculating but that's the problem with speculation is that we may not be 100 accurate of everything so you know you i mean he doesn't owe that to us but he does owe that to the people that are involved in the situation and based on their reactions it doesn't seem like they're 100 percent sure either which is the which is the problem that's the problem is that they don't seem 100 percent sure the organization doesn't mm-hmm. but yeah um, but uh so there's a hype train going through town with the Cleveland Browns. A lot of people are picking them to be the, um, the AFC North champions uh, right up there with, uh, with Baltimore. Uh, so some people are picking Baltimore, but there's a lot of, of, of people on the Cleveland Browns train. So the question that we're asking is, is there too much hype around the Cleveland Browns? And so just quickly, I'm going to, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but I I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, at least the hype that I've been hearing. You know, I for people to say, oh, they're going to the Super Bowl, and I think that's a little bit hyperbolic. But the people to say, hey, they can win their division, I, I think they're absolutely could. And, 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 and make some noise in the playoffs, I think they absolutely could. They did it last year. Uh, I think the, the big variable for them is the return of Odell Beckham. And if he's able to just kind of say, hey, yo, I'm just trying to ball. So however y'all need to use me to make that happen, let's do it. And if he's able to keep that kind of demeanor, I think they're going to be ex- extremely explosive next year. Uh, because they, they were missing that downfield threat. And so you think about how that can stretch the field and open up things for, for Landry and, uh, and Hooper and Juku. So, but uh I think a lot of that is on how OBJ decides to approach this season and will he keep it that way? If it's a good approach, is he going to keep it that way? Uh, but I mean, their, their free agency signings have been awesome. And I say that because, I mean, when, you, when you're talking about beefing up your defense, what I like about what the Browns have done is that they've signed most of these guys to very short contracts. So they're not really um, – 
hurting themselves too much. They're not dedicating so much money into these one pot, you know, this one pot that is going to hurt him. So, I mean, you look at John Johnson, he's on a three-year, $33 million uh, contract. You know, they needed the rusher. So you have Tack McKinley, who's only on a one-year, $4.25 million contract. Clowney, of course, you know, was a huge pickup. Uh, so that's a big one there. You know, Troy Hill, a cornerback. Uh, so he's on a $24 million and four-year deal with them. Uh, Anthony Walker, linebacker, got him from the Colts. Uh, you know, so he's in a he's in a decent contract as well. Uh, Malcolm Smith. So they, they're they're providing depth, and that's what I love to see a team doing is like they're really providing some depth here. Uh, Malik Jackson is in a one year deal worth four point five million dollars. You know, so they they've spread the money around, but they didn't really put a lot of eggs in one basket. They kind of spread the love. Uh, so that tells me that it's like okay, they're not betting a farm on one or one a couple, you know, a couple players. And if that, if a player doesn't pan out, then, okay, I can cut ties with them pretty easily. I, I can, you know, move them around if need be. So I think they were very smart about their acquisitions and free agency. Uh, you know, being able to get Higgins back was, was um, also a good pickup because I think he did well for them. You know, he filled in, he had big shoes to fill for OBJ. So him doing his thing, uh, Baker feels very comfortable with him too. And so you're just looking like, wow, you were already, you and OBJ were already making connections, but then you got this guy that because of injury, you've been able to build a huge rapport with. I think that actually benefits you when you're talking about the context of this season, having both available. So I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they wanted the, uh, the division and um, won at least two playoff games. I could see them going to the AFC championship. I really could see that, you know, see that happen. So, um, Coach K, I know you've been wanting to talk about football. You are done with basketball, right? <laughs> you're over basketball. You're over basketball. I know you're a Cowboys fan, but are are the Browns overhyped or they are right where they need to be? I think they're right where they need to be. I mean, you already talked about their signings. I mean, we already know have they have the offensive weapons to get the done, uh get excuse me, get the job done. Um, I guess my question, my biggest question is Baker Mayfield. Like, that's, I think, probably my biggest question mark is, will he be able to get the job done when it comes time? You know, if, it, if it's his moment in the sun, because obviously, like, he's the driving force for, um, for the team. So, that's that's really what. That's really what I'm looking at right now. Mm-hmm. So, like, as far as, like, his growth as a leader, um, his development as a player, and I yeah. think, you know, like, when it comes time to, like, those, you know, those – it comes down to, like, a, you know, the last drive of the game, um, you know, critical throws, um, like – conversions on third, third downs when you need it. Um, you, know, you know, when you make need to make like a long pass or, you know, making the right decision. Like that's my, that's my only question. Mm-hmm. Definitely understand that. Hey, you know, they haven't made a long-term investment in him. And what, yeah. you know, what does that say? Does that say that they that kind of tells me they're not hundred percent bought in that they want to give it another yeah. year to see, if he can continue to build on last year's mm-hmm. 
and then maybe they'll commit after the season if he, if, you know, if they go far. They might. Yeah. But they're definitely making it easier for him to succeed for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. If he doesn't get the job done, then I would go. <laughs> I would. I feel like. I feel like Vinny Tescaverde would be able to come into the system and have some success. <laughs> Brady Quinn or somebody. Yeah, just bring one of their rotational quarterbacks in there from the last yeah. 20 years and just be like, hey, go ahead. <laughs> Give it a shot. Uh, uh, that's, uh, that's good. Uh, Coach Natty T, what are your thoughts about the Browns this season? Yeah, I mean, I actually agree with all of, you know, both of your points. Um um, you know, especially Coach K with what you know what he said about Baker Mayfield. Um, but that's why I'm actually going to say that's a reason why they are overhyped. Mm-hmm. Um, to both of your points, um, you know, the question mark is Baker Mayfield, um, as you said, Coach K, and then to your point, Coach JP3, like that they haven't given him a long term deal to me. that says you don't have confidence in him just yet. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he's the biggest question mark with the Browns, and if they are going to win the AFC North, and if they are, as USA Today predicted, if it's going to be Bucks and Browns in the Super Bowl, as as, <laughs> as they predicted, mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield's going to have to be that guy. He's going to need to be not top 10. He needs to be top five. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I don't think anybody, you know, maybe a few delusional Browns fans, but even most Browns fans, I don't think you would say Baker Mayfield is a top five quarterback. No. Now, he has the ability to prove, you know, me wrong and, you know, some of the naysayers wrong. Um, but for me, that's why they're overhyped is the fact that they're not fully confident in their quarterback for that particular reason of not giving him the money because that to me that tells a lot i know they're trying to sell it as oh you know you know no we still love baker we just you know you know the money will just make sense when the timing is right i'm like no no no. if they (laughs) (laughs) if you're that guy they would have paid you they would have been done over with like they're not going to flirt around with you potentially you know, being a free agent and all of that, even though I think he would be more of like a restricted free agent, but still, you're not going to mess around with that. Like if you knew Baker Mayfield was your guy, you would have signed him. Right. Period. If you were worried about your ability to sign other people, you would have at least approached them and be like, All right, we can give you this, but we really want to build around you. Right. So take this, this more money and, and help. And, and, but um, give us a little bit of money right. so we can build around you, you know? Yeah, that conversation hasn't happened yet. That hasn't happened yet. So, so that's to me, that's that's the sole reason why I think they're overhyped because you can't have a team that's on paper, roster wise, that good in terms of names and you know, have them in these positions going deep into the playoffs if you don't think their quarterback is ready to really step into that role. So, that's my thoughts. Yeah. He may not even be the top five in, in the AFC. Alone, I mean, that's a fair argument. So, you know, that how how are we gonna have them <laughs> winning the AFC North? Which I and 
full disclosure, I think that's highly, I wouldn't be surprised. I think it's highly possible. Um, and probably highly probable, honestly, because, you know, Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger, uh, he said now he's going to start working out. I don't know. Yeah. You're 39. Like, welcome to the party. Whatever. <laughs> um, that hurts. That's just know, there's quite there's as much as I personally like um, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, you know, I, I don't like what they did in terms of adding weapons to help expand the passing game. So, right. you know, you know I, I think they'll still be effective, but can they really take it to that next step? I don't know. So, you know, the Browns with Joe Burrow, I mean, you know, he's coming off injury. I mean, you know, you, you, it's 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 there for the taking if you're the Browns. Yeah, you you played you played Kansas City pretty well, albeit um, Patrick Mahomes didn't finish the game, but still, you still played them pretty tough. Yeah. Um, again, you have you have the talent there. You should be able to do that, but again, Breaking Mayfield, he's the question mark. Is he going to be that guy? I can't go there yet. I need to see it. Yeah, I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm like, for me, I, yeah, I mean that's, <laughs> Rams, Dallas has already given Dak Prescott his contract. I mean, but that's, even mm. even that's a good example too because the last few years. The, the, Jerry and, and Steven were playing the same game. They're like, well, yeah, yeah, we're really not sure. They were playing that that's the same game they were playing. The exact same game. It took this man it's a to perfect get example. Injured and have Andy Dalton play backup and the team go nowhere because of that for them to be like, all right, yeah, we should probably give him this money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Andy Want to be a starting quarterback, right? And to me, and I think the 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 important point is, it's not even whether it doesn't matter if we think that Baker is or isn't. It doesn't matter that the media thinks Baker is or isn't. It matters if the Browns think that he is or isn't. Yeah. And again, the fact that they haven't paid him means that they don't. They're not fully vested in him yet. And you know what? And you know what? That could that could play. I don't know. Depend, and I think that I think that's going to come very telling on his performance this year. Yeah, I mean that that kind of stuff messes with your psyche. So that's 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 in his head. Sink or swim. Right. You can't. He's going to say the you know he's going to say the politically correct things and buy the book thing to the media because he understands he's not going to want to cause that sort of mess but that's that's in the back of your head man <laughs> like i don't care what nobody says mm-hmm. you're mm-hmm. thinking about that as a player yeah it's, it's gonna be super interesting to watch. yeah interesting yeah. to see it's gonna be interesting to see they really built a, a good team there in cleveland uh and so if they should all keep it together they're going they're going to be a problem for for you know, for the foreseeable future, especially if they're able to find a way to make all those contracts work and keep people going. Yeah, but uh, also with the NFL, uh, you know, new uh, COVID policies came out. 
uh, this week. So the NFL sent a memo to all the clubs and uh, basically saying that uh, a game cannot be rescheduled if that if a game cannot be rescheduled during the 18 week week uh, schedule due to COVID-19 outbreak among unvaccinated players, the team with the outbreak will forfeit and be credited with a loss. Okay. In addition to that, players on both teams will not be paid for the lost contest and the team responsible for the canceled game due to the unvaccinated players will cover financial losses and be subject to potential discipline from the commissioner's office. So this is coming off uh, a year where the NFL tried to be as flexible as they could to rework the schedule. And uh, they had zero games missed over the 17 week, weeks. They were able to, to find a way to make it work. Uh, and I think, you know, right now they're like, that was a lot for us to be able to do that. And now we have an extra week to, you know, to, to think about. Uh, so um, we're going to go to, uh, you know, okay, what are you thinking about this COVID pause? Do you think this is fair for the NFL to send, you know, to, to outline this to the teams? Do you think it's a little harsh or, or what are your thoughts? So number one, I think they will get the games rescheduled. So I just want to say that first and foremost. Um, number two, I don't agree with this at all. Uh, number, it, it just to me, it just seems like it's a, a scare tactic. And anytime you try to, um, number one, you should never play with people's lives because you know some. Just say a player goes out and gets that gets vaccinated, and then something happens. You know, I don't know whether it be you know somewhere down the line or you know, I don't know, whatever something. Um, you know, it. I just we're we're talking about people's lives here. You know, you're messing with people's livelihoods. Um, you're talking about like the team having to pay for any. The player's not getting paid for the game. I don't know. And and it, I think at that point it becomes a dictatorship and like our country. You know, the freedom to choose. I mean, it's you're not you're not forced to get the vaccination. Um, and, and there are proven cases where, you know, like We've seen different things that have happened or some, uh, you know, whether it be blood clots or something, you know, from the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. But um, it's, I don't know, to me, it just, it sounds like dictator, a dictatorship and, and like NFL trying to force its hand. And I don't agree with it at all because you're, you're talking about one, people's livelihoods, people's lives. And then like, you know, that's, I'm not with that whatsoever. So that's that's what I have to say about that. Okay. And I I can't wait to hear what you have to say, Coach JP3. Especially I can't wait to hear Coach Nandy T's opinion on this. <laughs> All right, this, this is going to be great. This is going to be really good. I definitely respect respect that perspective. Yeah. Uh, Coach Nandy T, you're up next because you uh, you saw this first and, and and put it out into the group chat and stuff. And so uh, 
you know, what are your thoughts on this? Do you think this is fair by the NFL? Um, did they go too far, not far enough, or just right? I think it's fair. Um, and what made me think it was fair was actually Chris Paul, because he reminded me of something. Um, and this even goes kind of mixes in the NBA with the scheduling and all that. Mm-hmm. Chris Paul reminded me of something. So I don't know if you guys noticed his before the finals even started. Um, they asked him about since when he's the president of the Players Association, they asked him, you know, how do you feel about players coming out, you know, blaming scheduling or just, you know, just the overall uh, load of the season on, on the current, on, on injuries. And he said, well, basically they're asking him about LeBron. They just didn't say it because he was, you know, because he's the one that was most outspoken and obviously him and LeBron are are really close friends, Mm -hmm. but Chris Paul said it. He was like, look, um, you know, I understand guys are frustrated. Right. However, (laughs) when the NBA has these ideas or you know as far as these mandates they want to come down with we the players have to agree to it Mm -hmm. he said look we have meetings all the time and even though i'm the representative for the players and you know each team has its own representative any and every player is invited to come to the meetings and voice their opinions Mm -hmm. if they really have a strong opinion about something Let's right. discuss it. Right. But if you're not in the meeting and if we have a vote and we consensively think, have a consensus and think, okay, all right, we'll go with it. Let's move forward. Then, I mean, you can be mad on Twitter, but <laughs> you didn't show up to any of the meetings because it's a union. It's a collective bargaining agreement. And it's the same with the NFL. So that's why I think it's ultimately fair because, and this is why I think, not I think, this is why I know for sure. You know, a lot of the players that came out against it on Twitter, they ended up having to take that tweet down because they got a call from their from the players association yeah. that, uh, were y'all at the meeting? What meeting? The one that we told you about? <laughs> we sent you a letter about? The email about? But you didn't want to show up? Oh, you guys got that. We good. Well, if you had that much of a concern, you should have came to the meeting. And right. voice your concern so we can talk about it, vote on it, and say, okay, and then we can give a counter offer to the NFL. But if you don't do that, I don't know what to tell you because it's a union. It's, you know, that, that's where, and that's why I think it's fair. Um, you know, and full disclosure, I'm vaccinated. I'm probably biased because, again, like half of my family on my in law's side <laughs> and on my side. Are either doctors, nurses, work in the you know science, health science field of some sort. So, you know, for them giving me that information, I'm like, I feel comfortable doing it. Now, other people that don't want to take it, that's fine. But I think at the same time, <laughs> when you have a collective bargaining situation and both sides agree, I, I, I I can't really come at the NFL and say it's not fair because the players technically agreed to it. 
So I think that's that Chris Paul reminded me of that. You know, and I think at the same time, as much as, you know, we live in a country that's free, quote unquote, you know, you you do have the freedom to find another job. Canada. Because I I think, because, you know, because just being honest, man, like, you know, being in professional sports, you know, professional sports is a privilege. It's not a right. We all have rights. I have a right to, you know, have a good job, find a good job. But professional sports—that's fantasy land, man. That—that's a privilege. Like that's—that's totally different. So, you know, you still because those players still have the option to opt out. So, if you don't want to get vaccinated, that's fine. You can opt out and still have an opportunity to play next year, just like they did last year. So <laughs> as much as my initial reaction was, you know, first hearing about it and reading about it, I'm like, yeah, that's kind of harsh. But when you look at the actual facts of how they actually make these decisions, mm-hmm. unless you guys were at the meeting and they went against what you said, I really don't want to hear what you have to say. And one more point, because before the last bargaining agreement with the NFL, you remember Ryan Clark? Mm-hmm. You remember, I don't, I don't know, people probably forget, but this was like four or five years, or three years ago. And, you know, he was voicing his concern about why he didn't like the new agreement, because he's like, it's not fair. We're not getting our full benefits. We're not getting, you know, the full things that we want as players. Why are we signing this? Sure. He was the one that was adamant, adamantly against it. And he was his player's rep for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And he was the one rep that voted no. Mm-hmm. So, like, if I'm just using that as an example. So, if you're that guy and you're like, hey, I voted no, I did not like this from the beginning, okay. But, for example, DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. You weren't at the meeting, bro, because your <laughs> your reaction was a surprise. Mm-hmm. You were like, for real? They doing that? Nah, man, I ain't feeling that. Or were you at the meeting? Well, nah, man. Okay. Mm. And I think that's just the reality. That, that's the unfortunate reality it, for, for the players because it's a collective bargaining agreement. They're a union. That's one of the things that that a union has power because they have strength in numbers mm-hmm. you can go on strike like yeah. you all vehemently disagree with something like you can literally be like we're not coming to work today like literally, literally yeah so if you're not going to voice that power collectively i i don't know what to tell you yeah <laughs> I, I don't know what to tell you well, Coach Natty T strikes again. <laughs> like, no, but like, no, it's not even me. It's just Chris Paul reminded me of that because he said yeah. it. And he was like, yeah, I mean, I understand guys are upset, but, you know, if you guys don't voice your concerns in these meetings that you are all welcome to come to and that you are well informed of when they are, but if you're busy doing other things, that's fine. But if we agree to do this, 
you kind of have to go along with it. Yeah. I, and before I get into to my piece here, I just wanted to uh, read the rest of this part here because some people are talking about, well, you know, there's different um, you know, variants of the COVID strain. So there's possibilities that, hey, everyone, you can have 100% vaccination, still something happens. Yeah. Uh, with, with the team. And so the NFL did uh, mention that and, and, and they said that if a club cannot play to a COVID spike in vaccinated individuals, we will attempt to minimize the competitive and economic burden on both participating teams. Uh, so they kind of, they kind of, you know, alluded to that there. And so that I'm just pretty much the, the clearest language the league has been, been using since this all started. So when I, when I read this too, I was just, I was like, dang, like, okay, well, but I wasn't surprised. So I'm like, I, so I was surprised that players were surprised because I'm like, bro, you know who you play for, right? Like, so the NBA has had some issues with what some of the agreements you just talked about that, but in the most part, they've been pretty friendly for the players and everything, right? They, they tend to be lauded as the best players association in the, between the four professional sports. The NFL has always been about protecting the shield, right? Like, why are we surprised that this was going to be the outcome? So if I'm a player, if that's my employer, you got to know who you're working for, right? So that, it seems like that would motivate people to your point, Coach Natty that, hey, I'm going to make sure I show up. I'm going to call. I'm going to send an email for some reason I can't get there. But I'm going to make sure that this point gets across because I already know how they're going to come in. I already know what their stance is going to be. It is going to be protecting the, the money, protecting the owners, making them happy and everything like that. So I also think that people make, you know, people make decisions based on their previous experience with the situation. Mm -hmm. You got something that reminds us of something, you kind of think about it like that. You, you, you may make reactions because of that. It happens to all of us. We saw last year the NFL scramble to put these games together because people were not abiding by the protocols that were set in place. Right? So I think if last year doesn't happen with people getting COVID and still showing up to the team and spreading it to like a third of the team and some of the cases like that Raven Steelers game, like have to stop. Like, you know. And so the NFL is looking at that and say, oh, no, we can't have that. Mm -hmm. No offense to RG3, but he's not who we want on the field, right? You know, no offense to, you know, this play, that's not who we want on the field, right? Now, we want our best players to be on the field. So it is an aggressive scare tactic. I do see that point. But at the end of the day, they're like, yo, like, you don't have to do this. But if you don't, you got to be on top of your game, like as far as how you conduct yourself outside of these of these walls. You got you got to be masked up. You got to be so you got to be socially responsible. And if you can do that and remain unvaccinated, then we're good with that. So like that's that's kind of how I saw. It. I think it was a reaction to what happened last year because everyone was just kind of spitballing last year, right? Let's just try to make this work the best that we can. Uh, but because of that, I think now the now the, the league has put its foot down and the players are receiving the ramifications of what happened last year. 
I do agree that, hey, if you got something to say and you, you know your employer, then you need to make sure that your voice is being represented there or the people that are going on your behalf are representing the voice that you have too, right? You're not gonna be there physically. Like, so I, 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 I look at it like, bro, like you have some responsibility in this as well as players. And I understand why people wouldn't wanna get vaccinated and I'm glad that it's not being mandated. You should have the right to choose there. But if you're going to be in a league where so many other people are gonna be affected by your decisions, then you have to make good decisions. You have to make responsible decisions. And Coach K, you talked about it being people's livelihoods that are, and I think some people are looking at it the other way and are saying, well, also if you're not being socially responsible and you're making other people sick, then that's their livelihoods too that you're affecting by spreading COVID to them. Right, so like there's either way, there's some livelihoods being affected by this decision, you know? So uh, just to give you all some numbers of where the league stands right now, uh, more than 78% of the players league-wide have had at least one shot. Uh, 14 clubs, so almost half the league uh, has, ha has at least 85% of their players vaccinated. Mm -hmm. And all 32 teams have at least 50% vaccination rate for their players. So we're seeing some high numbers. Of course, the league wants that to be higher. Um, but, you know, my message is, you know, if you're not going to get it, I completely understand and respect that decision. Just, just be smart that you're not endangering other people because you're going to be around a large amount of fellow players and staff members and media members and everything like that, fans. Uh, so you know, just be responsible. And I think if people do that, we won't have many problems this year. And we'll be able to, to your point, Coach K, be able to work around in the schedule and get some games if something does happen. But what we saw last year, we saw some severe changes last year uh, that I think put put this into effect for this year. So those are my thoughts. Real, well, real quick, so because you mentioned, because I was going to mention those numbers myself, so great minds think alike, Coach JP. <laughs> but I also think because of those numbers, that's why the NFL put that extra cherry on top. Because I think before the season actually starts, over 80% of the league is going to be vaccinated. So I think that mandate just kind of just gives it an extra just enforcement, if you will. But I actually think the league will already be will already have quote unquote herd immunity amongst the NFL players. So I don't think it would even be an issue anyway. So I honestly believe that's why they just came out with this extra mandate, just as an extra, just encourage again, enforcement encouragement for, you know, that last 20, 19% of, of players to say, Hey, like, Hey guys, like, you know, they don't think about getting vaccinated, but Ultimately, I don't think it will be an issue because, you know, I, I, it looks like it's going to be 80% because you said because 50% already have one shot. So that means, you know, at least within the next month or so, my guess would be they're going to get their second shot. And then after you get your second shot, usually need two weeks after that. And then that's when it fully kicks in. Sure. So by that time, you know, training camp is already going to be in full effect preseason games, the NFL season wouldn't have even started yet. So that's why I think 
ultimately, that's why I think the NFL just said, you know what, let's just add the school of cherry on top. And I don't think, and I was like, why is nobody mentioning that? Those, the actual vaccination number? Cause I'm like, that's an important factor. Cause like, I would understand if like, like for instance, with the Olympics in Japan, I mean, only like 20% of the whole population is even vaccinated. So like, yeah, that's an issue. If you're going to bring an international competition to your country, like that just brings a whole different issue. But if, Everybody, if you already had 80% of the country vaccinated, it wouldn't be as big of an issue. Right. I I, I saw, I heard those numbers again today because they were, they were doing the opening ceremonies. And yeah. I, I, was, I was like, wait, what? That's, yeah, like, like, I'm scary. like, like we kind of scary. shouldn't be doing this right now. Right? <laughs> <laughs> we probably should that's, why, that's why the Japanese citizens, because they, they're like, well, we're not against the Olympics. It's just like, dude, like we just don't need it here right now. Right now. We got we got our own rollout issues here right now. So yeah, you know, I have like England hosted or something or London. <laughs> it's gonna be really interesting. And I, I, you know, last point is that we're seeing a situation that is causing different conversations to come out of it through this vaccination. Like for instance, the Buffalo Bills. For you know, you know, had players come out on social media and so during their locker room conversations and talks about vaccinations people are on opposing sides of it and you know you know one player came out and said hey you know this is all like you know a, a, a conspiracy here because you got this you know people were you know the government created this and now you know we had to go through all this and dr fauci is you know connected to pfizer so of course that's going to get them more money and so now we have to you know, it's sad that we can't trust the government. And then one of the other fellow players was like, well, you know, stuff happened and, you know, medical professionals were able to create something that's going to help us out. And so we should, you know, do our part and, and get vaccinated. And so these are coming from two men of color, like just for context, mm-hmm. uh, from the same team. Uh, so there's, there's a large conversation here and, you know, just full transparency, you know, our, our medical profession has not always been and continues to not always be kind to people of color. And so there's, Oh, there's I a totally bias get, there for sure. Yeah, I, I get it. I totally get the reluctancy, um, for, you know, toward it. You know, so, but I think it's, if you're going to be around other people, like, like I say, you know, just, you just got to handle yourself. Right? Yeah, I heard, I heard a example on, um, I, I always saw this, this part of the this the the show, but on on Colin Coward's show, and they were talking about it. You know, Joy Taylor, who's she's amazing, by the way. Um, because she said it, she was like, "Look, you know, I mean, because she was like, she's like, I'm vaccinated, but you know, you don't want to be vaccinated, that's fine. But it's just like going on a plane. Like, if you're not going to be willing to wear a mask, I mean, you can drive. Yeah." You could like if you if you really don't want to do it that much. I mean, yeah, they kind of have. I don't want to say the right, but if it's there, if if Delta Airlines is like, hey, you gotta if if to buy a ticket and they tell you up front, it's not like you buy the ticket then they told you like, oh yeah, by the way, mm-hmm. like no, or you buy the ticket like you have to agree to wear a mask. Mm-hmm. That's, that's just our mandate. If you don't want to do that, well, you can maybe find another airline that maybe is not requiring a mask. Or you can drive. Hmm. No. Yeah. <laughs> I, still, I still wear mine when I go out. I'm gonna be around. Yeah. Listen, 
Yeah. I'm I'm fully vaccinated and I still wear a mask. Mm-hmm. Y'all y'all see my shirt? I just came from our our little baby shower. I'm like, you know, I got the little one coming. I want no problems. Like I'm vaccinated. I still got a mask because I I can't trust y'all out here talking about you ain't wearing no mask or you vaccinated and knowing daggone well you haven't got no daggone shot. Right. <laughs> trust y'all. So I'm wearing my mask because <laughs> I don't want no problems with my kid. But that's just me. You know what I'm saying? Like that's just me. Like I get it. But that's but again that's a choice because I could walk around and be like oh, I'm vaccinated. I'm good. I'm just gonna be out here. Like nah, I'm still gonna wear a mask. That's my choice. So I, it's 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 gonna be interesting to see how those percentages change here soon. Yeah, uh, all players decide to respond to that, and I just want to see everybody healthy and and uh, being able to just worry about playing well on the field and just being responsible. I think if everybody could do that, we'll we'll be in a good place, and this will become less of a conversation. But um, our last topic of the day is we wanted to dive in a little bit into youth sports uh, and how there's been a huge transformation of, you know, of youth sports and has it become an institution of privilege uh, to be able to play the youth sports. You know? And so I, I have a couple points and then Coach Nagy T, I'm gonna let, I have you go next because uh, this was your topic that you brought up. So I, you know, coming, being here in, in this space and and going through school and seeing schools have to implement a pay to play system, you know, that's something that stuck out to me growing up. And I'm like, so you're telling me that no matter how good this kid is, if their family can't afford to have them play, they're not gonna be able to play for their school, right? That, that really rubbed me the wrong way. And I know some people that their families couldn't, they just couldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, their kid had all the talent in the world, but they but they just couldn't, you know, pay that price tag to play high school <laughs> sports. It's like, bro, like there should be no price attached to that. But other factors were affecting that. So I also look at, you know, if you if you want, I think some people are numbers people, so I like to kind of look up numbers too. Um, so the average uh, financial commitment is around ten point five percent of. Uh, of someone's gross income, of a parent's gross income that they are allotting to get a kid annually through sports. And this is usually kind of like a club sport or something like that, um, a, a travel team. So, so those prices vary, but you're looking at average about 10.5%. To bring that into um, you know, salary numbers, so if you made $50,000 a year, you're looking at 5,500 of that that you're dedicating to get your kid um, through sports for a year. Uh, and so for some, that's a big deal. That's a big chunk of money. That's a big dedication for fans. That's just for one kid. And, you know, imagine if you have multiple that are wanting to play sports. Uh, so it, it does become expensive because, and also you're looking at on the people that are providing these camps, uh, these individual sessions, those prices are going through the roof too. And so, there's a huge competition. There's a lot of pressure on these kids. So you look at these development camps. And so I'll use one as an example, a quarterback camp, for instance. Yeah, your kid could be in it. And there's going to be kids from all across the country, but you're going to have to shell out $800 just for the camp. That's not getting to the state. That's not getting to the place that holds the camp. That's not your hotel, your flight, or any of that. Feeding yourself. That's just to have the kid in the camp. 
is $800. And then if you want a, a individual session, so it's like, hey, you know, they hit it off really well and you want that kind of private teaching, you know, for a lot of times you're talking about $400 a session to have that individual attention to help with skill development. Uh, like I said, it's a lot of uh, pressure on kids. And it's also, I think, some of the impact that people don't see is that because even if your family's able to commit some funds to you for you to play a sport, that a singular sport. Now, what if you like to play multiple sports? Right? You got to choose. You got to choose one of those. So if you're going through basketball and football and you talk about these two, three sport athletes in situations where that's not, you know, where the family can't provide for that. Hey, it's like, hey, you know, sorry, you know, kid, like you got to choose one of these. We can only afford to send you to one. Uh, and so sometimes you end up with kids getting stuck in spaces that they really didn't sign up for wholeheartedly because they're like, ah, you know, now that I've played this a while, I think I would have enjoyed this better. Uh, but you can't afford to be able to do that. Uh, and I also look at just a clear numbers game as far as, and I'm going to use football as an example, and I'm just going to use the quarterback position. So let me just use that person, for instance. Hundreds of thousands of high school quarterbacks across the country. All right, let's just say you're really good, okay? Now, if you're talking about D1, D2 level, you're at about 100, you're about a, a 360 college spots for the quarterback position. You talking about NFL, you're having a little over, you know, between, you know, about 70 NFL quarterback positions. You know, some hold two quarterbacks, some hold three quarterbacks, you know, so you're looking at 70. So you just see how these numbers dwindle, dwindle down from hundreds of thousands of quarterbacks to 360 to about 70, right? Imagine the expectation of like, imagine the pressure that's on a kid if your family is shelling out $5,500 a year for you to play this sport and you can't make it out of high school to play that sport, right? So it's like, man, I gotta be the best. I gotta, my parents are investing in me. I gotta, I gotta make something happen here. You know, and my last point is, you know, the new guidelines you talk about where people, you know, they can make money over their own, off their own likeness. They can sign to agencies. We saw that with Mikey Williams, Coach Knight, you shared that in, in the article with us as well. Uh, high school kid, if you ever read about a high school kid that's signed to a, a you know, a sports, a, you know, agency and is, is projected to be making a ton of money, you know, millions uh, based on his influence in high school basketball. This is a pro to it because, you know, maybe you're not the kid that makes it all the way to the NBA, but if, hey, you maximize your high school and perhaps college platform, you can bring home some nice money for yourself and for, you know, for those that, that could use it, that your loved ones that could use it. You may not have to make it to the ultimate level to, to bring in some income. So that, that does help people a little bit, take some of the pressure off. But ultimately, you still have to be able to perform at a high level. But in order for you to perform at a high level, you have to have that upfront investment from families to be able to do those travel AAU team, you know, whatever the case may be, those camps, exclusive camps where scouts are going to be. You know, we had Fred on the show to talk about what that was like for him and his, you know, his son. So it's, it's a lot deeper than what people think uh, because it's nice that athletes are going back to neighborhoods and doing these camps, but those camps aren't sustainable, right? 
you know, the athlete can't be there 24-7, can't be there 365 to continuously develop an athlete, you know, a kid in there. But that has to come from somewhere else, and that's something else is going to cost. So those are just my thoughts on it. Coach Natty T, you know, what are your thoughts about youth sports and, and has it become an institution of privilege? Um, I'm going to say yes. Um, and really what kind of sparked my interest in going in, in this or asking this question was, uh, was really our, our baseball discussion last week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and I, think, I think you said it, Coach JP3, when you're talking about, um, you know, with baseball in terms of it being – played in you know in the black community in the United States and how you know it is you know more expensive to play baseball than it is to play basketball or football so a lot of them a lot of black kids actually choose you know basketball football also just the cultural connection with it um you know is the reason why there's such a disparity there so I was just curious. So I started just to kind of dig in some more because I mean, you know, I, you know me, I'm just curious. So, cause I was like, so, you know, what is the average cost for each youth sport, you know, per child in the United States? I was interested. I thought like you coach JP3, as far as, you know, one of the reasons why baseball isn't as popular in the black community is just that it's expensive to play. This is very interesting. So on average, per child in the United States, to play football, the average per child, $752. Basketball, $526 per child. I'm going to leave baseball for last, but soccer... $536. Now, I'm going to go to the high end here, which, you know, may not be surprising. Um, Gymnastics, $1,500 per child. That's an an expensive sport. Ice hockey was like $2,500 per child. Not surprised there. Lacrosse, $1,200 per child. Um. Martial arts, $775 per child. Um, what was the other one? Swimming. Swimming was the next big one. So swimming was $786. Guess what baseball was? I'm scared. What is it? $659 per child. Wow. Which is actually lower yeah. than what it does for football. But football was seven fifty two. Wow, didn't see that. I was I, so that got me thinking, and I'm like, and the other thing that got me thinking was when I gave those numbers last week as far as uh, the percentage of how it broke down the demographic for each age group, mm-hmm. the NBA, MLB, NFL. What I thought was very interesting kind of dissecting those numbers because it was basically fan or not a fan. The highest percentage of not a fan of a particular sport was the younger demographic. Right. Which I thought was interesting because I'm like, so 
it's, it's really a love-hate thing with the younger folks. It's either like they watch sports or like it's just nommed up. But that had the highest percentage out of all of the older age groups. That had the higher percentage of younger folks that said they were just not fans at all, not interested, don't follow it, don't care about it at all. So my mind is kind of wondering, I'm like, so why is that? And I think this is why, because sports has become an institute of privilege and not necessarily privilege from a, just a monetary standpoint, privilege from a talent standpoint. Because I think youth sports has become reserved for the elite talent. Yes. Because if you're not like, a four or five star kid, as we had Fred Moyer on the show, mm-hmm. you know, if you're not a four or five star kid in whatever sport you're in, why bother play? Mm-hmm. That's the kind of correlation I got from it. Yeah. So to me, it's like, have we gotten so far, so to the point where it's just like, we're not even allowing kids to just play anymore there's not really a space for them to do that well i won't say there's not a space for them to do that but it's just like it's just gotten to this point where like why even bother because high school sports has kind of become with the exception of probably football i would say and even that's rigged in a way because you know kids are transferring schools and going you know and joining up with these other elite schools and elite players but you know high school is starting to become more and more irrelevant yeah like guys play high school kind of but like really it's the nike elite camps it's the aau camps like you even see uh, bring up the ball brothers you know kids are like well, why am I even going to play high school? Why don't I, like, just leave early and go play in Lithuania? (laughs) Why not do that, right? So I think it's an interesting interesting dynamic to see how it kind of evolves going forward because I think that's really the bigger issue here. Um, And again... I thought it was very interesting that baseball was pretty much right in line with football and basketball in terms of the actual cost. So to me, that just kind of leans more kind of piggybacking off our, our last week's conversation that it's just, it's partially that there's just a harsh disconnect with, within the black community specifically. And, you know, we're just not interested in it. MLB wasn't really interested in reaching out per se. Um, so I think, you know, there's blame on both sides there, but it's not necessarily amount, uh, amount to like, well, then they can't play it because those same elite kids are shelling out $752 to play football. Yeah. That means you can afford to play baseball. Yeah. <laughs> right. On average. The, the hype trains of social media like overtime and, and everything like that and they're not really showing baseball kids out there right? right 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 it's just become 
yeah, and not to go too much off a tangent on our last week's episode, but you know, I was just thinking about it because again, I think specifically with basketball, I think you know, with, with Michael Jordan, you know, that within itself, just the culture of it, mm-hmm. what even separated, <laughs> you know, the Black America from baseball too, because it's like, and I think MLB was just looking at it like, damn, but we can't compete with that. He's got to go overseas and that's what they did because you look at the dominican republic i mean they're playing with like tree branches as bats yeah yeah so they they can't afford to put out 752 american dollars to play either but they're playing and they're, they're still getting the talent out of there so um so again just to kind of bring it all all back but you know i do think few sports have become institutes of privilege and again not just from a monetary standpoint but from a talent standpoint. Um, and, and it's gotten to this point where it's just like, if you're a kid that maybe in the past, like, how do I want to put this? I think, okay, this is where I want to go. So the demographics that I showed last week, as far as like the, the, the people that are around our age or even a little bit older, I think a lot of those people were fans of the game maybe they weren't elite at playing it maybe they weren't really that good at playing it but they played in you know they came off the bench in high school or they played junior high or they played you know little league or peewee or whatever maybe they weren't that good but they played and they played in high school you know maybe didn't play in college but they played Right. And so you have that, and that's where your fandom comes from because you played the sport. You may have played all, you know, played football in the fall, played basketball, played baseball in the spring. You may not have been that good, but you played. Right. And that's where your connection comes from. And it, it continues with you as you're an adult. Right. Whereas these kids now aren't having the same experience because. They're not even playing. So they're like, well, why am I watching this for? I don't play this for it. I'd rather play video games. I'd rather be on Twitter. I'd rather do this. I'd rather do that. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of my overall point. I think that's where the disconnect is. And I think the reason why the NFL is still kind of holding on is because they've brought that fantasy football aspect to it. So even if you are a kid that never played football, you kind of have this sort of analytical yeah you have a connection you know what i'm saying you can still kind of play that game within the game a little bit right so i think that's why they had they still had the highest percentage of youth kids that were still interested in playing or interested in in being a fan and following the game whereas basketball baseball um you know soccer those those sports it's like, well, why am I going to play? Like, uh, obviously, I'm not a four or five star kid, and they only want four or five star kids. So why am I going to shell out seven hundred something dollars to go play a sport that I'm not probably going to play in college? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm. That's where my mind went with it. Yeah, yeah. And Coach K, before we go to you, I just wanted to clarify. So when I talked about ten point five percent of gross income, you know that is. If you wanted to get your kid yearly through different, you know, through sports and also you think about hotels and try. And Fred brought this to us. He was like, man, it's expensive. Man, we had to, 
travel here and fly out here, have a hotel room here and everything, those numbers add up. That's a huge yep. part of your parents' income. Yep. And again, though, and to kind of piggyback my numbers, that's just on average. Because again, I, I'm a testament to that. Coach JP3, you know. I was going, me and my dad was going every other weekend. That's a lot of miles. That's a lot of rental cars. That's a lot of airplane flights, tickets. That's a lot of hotels. That adds up. That's 700 something dollars that they're talking about for soccer, like, or the $536. That was just one day for us. Mm-hmm. Like we spent, my dad spent <clears throat> well over two, three thousand dollars $3,000 a year. Right. Easily. Because, you know, not all club teams not all camps are created equal so no it's not not you can go to a camp and it's just a camp but like is it a good camp <laughs> i mean three of us could put together a basket yeah. and make <laughs> something but it's not gonna give any looks at it for nobody. Right, exactly, exactly yeah yeah so no nah. yeah so it's interesting it's very interesting yeah, Coach K, go ahead. Did you want to chime in any thoughts about youth sports? Uh, Man, uh, I just – I pretty much agree with everything that was said. You know, um, I'm just happy that more alternatives are opening up. And, you know, and, uh, you know, I think it will only continue to get better over time. So, I'm just glad to see that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I'm, I'm interested to see how – social media evolves over the next 10 years about to see if any other sports are able to break through in that, uh, you know, especially looking at, at baseball. I mean, they have social media presence, but it's not really connecting the young folks. And so I, I wanted to, you know, they're going to make some shifts to, to be a little bit more relevant. Cause I think baseball could be an exciting sport. It's an exciting sport, exciting sport to make videos of too. Like, mm-hmm. like you could, you could do some, some really cool things like with that, but uh, it's just not landing. And so those numbers that you brought up absolutely floored me. I was for sure baseball was going to be, I knew it wasn't going to be as much as I, I figured it would be below lacrosse, but above all the rest of them uh, outside of lacrosse and, um, one of the other ones you mentioned. Oh, gymnastics. Gymnastics, yes. Yeah. Yep. No, I, 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 I thought for sure it would have been at least like a thousand dollars on average. How, how much was gymnastics again? So gymnastics was. Let me pull it up. Was fifteen hundred bucks a kid essentially? Yeah. Ice hockey was twenty five hundred bucks a kid. Lacrosse was twelve hundred bucks a kid. Ice hockey, man. Yeah. And then ten, even tennis was eleven hundred bucks a kid. Mm. Yeah, so I thought I thought for sure baseball would have been in that yes. sort of echelon, but it's it's pretty much right, you know, within you know less than a hundred bucks difference ver- as far as variance between mm-hmm. football and basketball. Yeah. It's pretty much right there in the middle. You didn't have any numbers on golf, did you? Oh, so golf was. That was actually nine hundred twenty-five bucks for golf. That's that's cheaper than what I would think. That was cheaper than what I thought too. That's cheaper than what I thought. Yeah, golf was nine hundred twenty-five bucks. Yeah, let's say if I had a daughter and or you know son, they wanted to gym do gymnastics. You're like, man, you better (laughs) you better be Simone Biles or else I ain't paying for that. You better. 
Yeah, better go jump on the trampoline outside. Yeah, yeah. He or she better be like the goat at gymnastics. It's like I ain't putting that much money in something out of this joint. Yeah. But imagine like you know the kids' perspective if they like you know oh okay I don't mind trying. How many kids like try something and don't finish it right? They try playing the violin or something like that. And it's just like, mm-hmm. ah, you know, this isn't for, but that's after you've already shelled out money to get the violin and to pay for yeah. music and everything like that. It's like, oh, let me try something else. And the kid's like, all right, well, let me try uh, Taekwondo and stuff like that or something mm-hmm. like that. It's like, you paid for that. And so it, it's, it's a lot of pressure because once a kid realizes that, then they're like, I, I can't quit. Right. Because especially if your family is making sacrifices for you to be able to do that thing, whatever you're doing. Yeah. That, that's a lot. Yeah. You know, so some people, some people feel that pressure more than others and in different ways. So, yeah. But that's, that was a really good topic. I'm glad that we were able to talk about that because a lot of people don't talk about youth sports in that capacity. Um, mm-hmm. And so to see, here's some of those numbers and kind of, theorize why things are happening and for you know from our own experiences and the people around us and just to see some of those numbers there are definitely some surprises there mm-hmm. but yeah yeah that's it for us um in this episode of the coach's box on behalf of coach natty t and coach k i'm coach jp3 hope y'all have a great weekend stay blessed stay smart stay safe we'll talk to y'all next week peace